Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This one's called Underwear Perverts and Their Downslide into Murder. What a name. What a title. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today is something, a little thing I've noticed in the world is that a lot of times people start off as regular (laughs) run-of-the-mill underwear perverts. Uh Uh-huh. And they just, and then, and then eventually end up murdering somebody. Yeah. Or or a couple of people sometimes. Sometimes it's more than just a few. Mm Mm-hmm. And over the years of watching police. (laughs) Starts off just as a basic, Mm -hmm. normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Underwear thief. R- underwear thievery. Yes, your classic 80s porkies sort of perverted hijinks. Mm. And then it downgrades very pretty quickly into murder. Right. I've just seen it happen a bunch of times. Like It in- is a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like if you were dating somebody and you were questioning whether or not they were like the right mate for you, um, if you find a stash of like other people's <laughs> underwear, run away. Like that guy is not for you. He's probably a murderer, or will be soon. Or if you start to notice that your own underwear keeps vanishing. Right. Well, that's an interesting thought, though, because there is consensual underwear perverts, and I feel like they're not who I'm talking about. Well, obviously. Yeah. If your own underwear is missing and you gave it to someone, then you know why. Yeah, that's fine. But if your own underwear is missing and you Mm. didn't knowingly give it to someone... right. That would suggest you've got an underwear pervert yeah, and if you on have, your hands. If you have a, a non-consensual underwear pervert on your hands, he's probably going to end up being a murderer. Or at least very likely that he's going to be a murderer. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to like spare their feelings, I guess. I mean, they're still <laughs> underwear perverts. But yeah, sure. They might not be murderers. <laughs> like, let's not lump all of them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about underwear perverts is I didn't just come across them randomly. <laughs> Well, uh, I would hope murder. not. I would hope not. I've had a long-standing interest in true crime. Oh, phew. I thought you were going to say underwear pervert. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have had a long-standing interest in true crime as a subject. And I think a lot of, almost all Americans do, if I'm being honest. I think it's beyond just America, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just a human thing. I know that it's definitely big in America. I mean, South Park did an episode called investigative murder porn where, you know, the parents would get together at night and curl up under the covers and shoo the kids away so they could watch NCIS or Bones or, you know, any of these uh, murder shows where they investigate murder. We all love it. There's a billion of them now and it's super popular. Yeah, I think my interest personally started as a kid watching Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. And being just terrified yeah, the entire your, 30 just minutes. Just your little eyes poking out of the <laughs> yes, sheets. Yeah, yes. watching Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. just freaked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all have an interest in it. And I've been wanting to talk about it on the show for a while because it's a big part of what, like, the media I consume is uh, true crime-related media. I love it. Uh, books, movies, right. documentaries, interrogations, right. all these things are very fascinating to me. I think also as a kid I watched... A show called Twin Peaks. Yeah. Which the entire show centers around the murder of this one girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like nine. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like the weirdest show. Even watching it back as an adult, you're like, this is some weird stuff. Yeah. And they've, you know, they've taken different angles with it too, because they've had shows like Psych, where it's like a dark comedy about murder. And Psych even has a, a an episode 
where they parody Twin Peaks. Yeah, they which do, is one do. of my favorite psych episodes. But I think as a kid, I was watching that, and then as an adult, or not an adult, but as I got older, I realized like, wait a minute, this kind of thing really happens in real life. Uh-huh. Like I knew that Twin Peaks was a f- fake, a fiction. Yeah. yeah, it was fiction. But then you get a couple years older in your mm-hmm. teens, and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Sometimes bodies do wash ashore, uh-huh. dead and wrapped in plastic. Uh huh. Whoa. Or sometimes they just find a body part. Like that happens. Like a foot. Remember when all those feet kept washing up? Right. Like it was New York or something? Uh huh. Just feet. Just what? wash it up on shore. That's, yeah, I mean, it happens. And so it, it's immensely fascinating mm-hmm. to all of us as people. And I think even people that deny it are interested in it. There's like old 90 year old women in nursing homes that are watching bones and they're like, well, her hyoid bone was broken, so it must have been a strangulation. <laughs> I think the doctor did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Everyone no, I totally get finds it. that shit fascinating. And so, to me, the most fascinating, there's one part of true crime that is the most immensely fascinating and interesting thing to watch in all of real reality TV. And that is a police interrogation. Right. Because I think once you get past kind of the shock and awe of the Mm -hmm. crime itself and the criminal themselves, you start to wonder, like, how did they get caught? Yes. And what what steps were taken by law enforcement to get this criminal off the streets? And that's kind of the side of things that you don't usually get to see Mm -hmm. unless they put it out there and you get to watch the the interrogation. Mm -hmm. And this great thing was invented called YouTube. And on (laughs) YouTube, there is shitloads of police interrogations. And I I go down rabbit holes of watching police interrogations because it's just so fascinating. This criminal, they know what they did. Mm -hmm. And the police know what they did. Everyone knows, but it's this like battle of wits. Yeah, it's kind of like a... Almost like a game of poker, sort of. Yeah. Like you're you're having to call each other's bluffs, mm-hmm. and the law enforcement's trying to predict the next move yeah. and how to get this person to ideally confess. Uh huh. But it's not always so cut and dry. And the stakes are so high, and everyone has to play it super dry. So they know that a life in prison is is or maybe even the death penalty is on the table. Everyone, the, all parties know that, but they can't say it. Also, mm-hmm. the cop knows dude's an underwear pervert, wants to call him an underwear pervert, <laughs> but can't because yeah. he needs to build a rapport. Yeah, you've got to build that relationship with mm-hmm. this person, and you can't just be like, <laughs> you <laughs> underwear pervert. fucking underwear pervert. Of course you murdered her. You know her. what you did. Yeah, as much we as you want to say stash. that, you can't. No. And the other cops behind the two-way mirror are yelling that. They're like, this fucking underwear pervert, <laughs> he <laughs> definitely did it. We know what he did did you see what he had in his closet <laughs> yeah but they can't and just the, the 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 sheer reality the intensity of those moments are just immensely fascinating mm-hmm. it's my favorite part of true crime and we were going to kind of talk about a couple of funny crazy interesting police interrogations and our first interrogation on our list the one to me that is the most interesting and just battle of wits interrogation on all of YouTube is uh, the interrogation of Colonel Russell Williams. He was a Canadian pilot, Air Force. He was a colonel. Colonel, yeah. He was. He, he ran like the largest air base in Canada. He was mm-hmm. He was a huge, important guy. It's, it's one of the saddest interrogations because the end result is really, really sad. Two women were murdered and two other women were raped and assaulted. Right. Um, and then a lot of other women had their underwear stolen. And that was why he's the beginning on our list here, because he's the quintessential underwear pervert downsliding into murder. Oh, he's yeah. The, the, he's the, the epitome, like the, the, 
the by the book example of the, our title here. He had 82 counts of underwear thievery. 82 counts. He like, broke into 82 houses and mm-hmm, stole underwears. Mm-hmm. So from neighbors, mm-hmm. from people nearby, if he was traveling, oh, there's mm-hmm. a house. I'm gonna go steal some drawers. Yeah, and take it. <laughs> like what? And and like I said, it's it's sad because the, there's dead women involved in this this whole thing but the interrogation is super intense because he has such a high rank Mm -hmm. and it it starts off you know he goes in and the interrogator is like a god among interrogators because he never calls him colonel he never calls him russell he never calls him mr williams he only calls him russ so he's like hey russ just slowly kind of chipping away at his From the very status. get-go, he's calling him Russ. Mm-hmm. And they do their rapport building, and it's kind of, you know, whatever. But he eventually starts getting him into, you know, you had connections to all these to these girls who were murdered. And you live right near all these other girls who had their underwear stolen, you know? It's, it's this battle of wits because Russ doesn't want to admit anything, but he has to. He respects the police, and he has to portray himself as friendly with the police it would right. come off weird he's, if he was he's confrontational m- military yeah and very high ranking in fact he was so high ranking he was the pilot when they would fly dignitaries and things into canada he flew the queen of england mm-hmm. he flew prince philip r.i.p he flew the prime minister of canada he was the military guy that means he has to pretend to cooperate even though he doesn't want to give them information and the police know that and they work with them and they work with them and eventually there, there's these heated moments where the cops ask for shoe imprints or shoe impressions. Like, you mind if we take some of those to kind of rule you out? And Russell looks down at his feet because he's wearing the same boots that he killed the girl in the interrogation at that moment. And mm-hmm. he knows that, but he can't say anything, which is just this. The tension in the room is like you could cut it with a knife. It's crazy. Because they found boot prints mm-hmm. around the girl's home. Yeah. And and he <laughs> wore the same boots to the to interrogation. Interrogra- wow. Yeah. And then, you know, he kind of plays it off like he's worried about what his wife's going to find out because he knows he has 82 women's underwears and pictures of himself. So, yeah, he, he took pictures of himself wearing these girls' underwear. Yes. And yeah. he, he would go out in the woods and, like, take pictures of himself in their houses or in the woods, like, tied up wearing these women's underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also something that uh, the BTK killer Dennis Rader did. So uh, there's two right there, right off the bat. Yeah. Underwear perverts that declined into murder. Right, because he didn't just, he didn't start off, I'm talking about Russell here, not BTK, uh-huh. but Russell didn't start off killing women. Yeah, neither did BTK. It he started escalated. Off. He started off stealing their underwear, uh-huh. wearing their underwear, uh-huh. photographing himself wearing their underwear. Uh-huh. Then it escalated into sexual assault uh-huh. of women. Then it escalated into murder. Yep. That was the steps. And it pretty that was that downslide. Oh, that downslide we were talking about with underwear perverts, mm-hmm. and he's our first example on our list in a v- crazy interrogation. It's probably four or five hours long, and there are like two and three minute long pauses where no one says anything, mm. and it is brutal. It is oh, yeah. brutal. The tension. But you have to sit there. You can't. I mean, my eyes were glued to it the first time I watched it. It was just amazing. I think part of it's also because just the way he looks. Yeah, he seems so normal. He seems like a military guy. Well, I mean, he just, he looks like a colonel. Uh-huh. He looks like a colonel, a military guy. And they released some of the photos uh-huh. of him wearing the underwear. Uh-huh. And it's bizarre. It's bizarre. 
There's nothing feminine in any of his features. No, it's weird, man. He's very, you know, he's got muscles and he's got the chiseled Mm -hmm. jaw and the short military hair. Mm -hmm. And here he is in a bra and panties. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, dude. That he stole (laughs) or took from a girl that he just murdered. Yeah, and he was married the whole time. The whole time. Did she, I mean, obviously she divorced him when he got arrested Mm -hmm. and charged, but it's like, did she ever know about she didn't. any of he this? Had, so it's interesting. During the interrogation, you notice there's a lot of... He had a separate house uh, in a place called Tweed. It's a little smaller town in Ontario. Um, and there's a lot of confusion during the interrogation about which house he's talking about. Because mm. he switches back and forth between the two houses that are about an hour or so apart, 40 minutes apart, constantly. And it's... it's right. He, I guess, had convinced So one her, was his underwear stash house. Yes. And the other was where his wife lived. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I assume she had this idea that he had this cabin where he just did man stuff or, you know, I don't know, hunted wolves with his bare hands. Whatever the <laughs> fuck he told her he was doing. Yeah, right. And uh, that's kind of how he managed to pull the wool over her eyes. I don't think she had any idea. No, I, I don't think so either. It's just crazy that to think that you could be married to somebody uh-huh. and that's what they're doing Yeah, in their spare time. Yeah, it's crazy. And I wonder, did he steal any underwear of hers? Yeah, I wonder that too. And oh, again, we mentioned the, the BTK killer. He was very similar in this fact that he started stealing underwear. He was married for a long period of time and his wife had no idea. Yeah. So that can totally happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave people's underwear alone. So that's our first case of police interrogations that are insane. Of underwear perverts. (laughs) Yeah. Who downslid into murder. So the next interrogation on our list of underwear perverts downsliding into murder (laughs) Mm -hmm. is a guy by the name of Stephen McDaniel. And uh, the beginning of it is basically he murdered his uh, neighbor. She was, they were both in college in Macon, Georgia. This was around 2011. They were in law school, and they were about to graduate. I mean, he had gotten his master's degree. They both, yeah, they both were like one class away from getting their law degrees. Yeah. Law degrees, yeah. And uh, he lived in an apartment complex, and she was uh, his neighbor. Her name was Lauren, and he ended up killing her. But he started off just sort of being a stalker of her. Uh, being and, a total creeper. Yeah, he had stolen her underwear, mm-hmm. made a mask out of her underwear, which is... Insane. Weird. Weird. Yeah. And um, yeah, he ended up killing her. And the crazy thing about him is that while the body was missing, while she was just missing, he was being interviewed by the local news station. The media showed up because, yeah. There was a girl missing and he was on the television talking to the news reporter about like, oh, she's missing. We don't know where she is. Oh, she's okay. And then they're like, well, they found a body in the woods recently. Like, do you think that had anything to do with it? And he... Apparently, it was the first time he's hearing this. His eyes get real big, and he's like, oh, I got to sit down. And he freaks out, <laughs> um, which we now know is because he was the murderer. He, he The whole time, he was the killer. Yeah, which is insane. And then he gets arrested, and they bring him into the interrogation room. And you get a guy I like to call Red Shirt Redneck, because this guy is the police officer who's doing the interrogation. He's got a red shirt on, and he has the strongest Southern accent you will ever hear. Well, they're in Georgia. In Macon, Georgia. Yep. But this guy makes regular Southern accents sound like nothing. I mean, he, <laughs> I know his name is Steven, and he says Steven or Steven, but it, over time, it's just Steven. He eventually is just calling him Steven. Hey, Steven. The, the Southern accent of the officer doing the interrogation gets mm-hmm. so 
Southern. It's so Southern. <laughs> that the name Stephen goes from that to Stephen. Stephen. And when he talking about his, see, Stephen, the murderer here, has a big bushy head of troll hair. I think it's important to mention and to describe what this guy looks like. Yeah. What he, Stephen McDaniel looks like. He has a big bushy head of troll hair. Mm-hmm. It's long. Unruly, and, crazy, thick, uh-huh. curly, wavy hair. And he's a scrawny little scrawny little guy he's, he's weird looking he weird, looks like a mousy. nerd kind of dorky mm-hmm. not in a cool way he had a bunch of swords he had a sword collection he was really into uh like survivalist and zombie apocalypse type stuff so he had guns mm-hmm. and like lots of rolls of toilet paper and like military rations so he was one of those people and he had i believe if i remember correctly he had been arrested right before all of this for breaking into some other apartments Mm -hmm. on the complex he had a master key yes to to every room every apartment Mm -hmm. in this complex and he had stolen a master key and made a copy of it i guess yeah and so he got caught breaking Mm -hmm. into some apartment buildings and going inside and stealing condoms yeah and i assume probably underwear too if we're gonna be honest yeah yeah. he was probably taking more underwear i don't know that for sure but i assume he was he did i think 30 days for that it's safe to assume he was stealing underwear yeah and he ended up killing this girl that he had been stalking that he was obsessed with and he's now being interrogated by this redneck, red shirt redneck from Macon, Georgia. And Stephen decides his strategy is to play catatonic. So he just won't (laughs) respond to anything. Yeah. He just just quietly goes, I don't know. No, I didn't do it. No. That's all he'll ever say with these. And he's staring straight ahead with the creepiest catatonic look. And he does it for hours. It's impressive. For hours, he maintains this. It's not like he just starts off that way and then it devolves. No. No. He maintains that like catatonic Mm -hmm. dead stare for the whole time. Hours. Mm -hmm. Hours. While this, as you called him, red shirt redneck. Red shirt redneck just tries every technique in the interrogation book. Like, I'm going to try to be his friend. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to be his dad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to just yell at him. I'm going to try to to demoralize him. Everything. he, He approaches with all the different kind of... Techniques. He does tactics. good cop and bad cop. He does a mixture of both at the same time. He and nothing. <laughs> he's like by the penetrates. Just, he's like begging, just like and come on. He's get. hilarious though because he since well, well, he's just shooting the shotgun of interrogation techniques and none of them are working. He's getting so frustrated that he's just yelling at him. He's just like Stephen, you killed that girl. I know you did it, Stephen. Your hair fell out. Your hair was there and. Stephen just that translates to your hair was there. Yeah. So they did have DNA evidence linking Stephen to this girl's apartment, and right? To the murder. Yeah, but Stephen just goes, "No, I didn't," and then and that's it. And His tone never changed. He doesn't get like defensive or nothing. It's just dead. And at one point, they switch detectives because red shirt redneck is having so much trouble. They bring in. <laughs> A he's white so shirt. flustered. He's like, I can't. I'm yeah. going to strangle this kid. They bring in a, a white-shirted guy with less of an accent and glasses. And within two minutes of that second interrogator coming in, he's taken his glasses off and thrown them on the table and let out a big, huge sigh. Like, <sighs> <sighs> He didn't get anywhere. He made it nowhere and, and, and instantly was defeated. So they have to bring Red Shirt Redneck back in to continue interrogating Stein. What do you think Red Shirt Redneck was doing 
while he was on his little break. He was pissed off. I imagine was, hitting a heavy bag. I was going to say, I bet he's out punching. Yeah, like, hitting a, a heavy bag, bag, doing some shadow mm-hmm. boxing because <laughs> he was so mad and he couldn't touch him. He couldn't do anything. No, you're not allowed to beat him up. And there was a moment where he goes, Steven, look at me. Just look at me. And Steven turns to him straight face. He doesn't move any of his body and just turns his head and looks directly at With the his detective. arms hanging down to the side. His arms directly hanging beside him, turns his head, looks straight at the detective so creepily, the detective leans back. Like, whoa. Like, whoa, holy shit, that dude just looked at me in the weirdest possible, most robotic way ever. (laughs) So even his technique of trying to get eye to eye with him backfires. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And eventually he's just yelling at him and be like, we know you did it, you piece of shit. Just admit it. (laughs) And he won't. He doesn't budge. It's insane. Yeah, it's the craziest thing. And to know that it lasted hours for as long as it did. Two, three hours. Right. Because it's like, you know that this kid wasn't like that no because he had just been interviewed Mm -hmm. on tv by the local media that's what when the one redneck cop says he's like your fucking ass is on the tv talking to media you weren't acting like this what's your problem your fucking ass is gonna be weird now come on man (laughs) and it it goes nowhere yeah and he's so southern that his accent is hilarious and in all honesty the saddest thing is that there was a murder if you could somehow separate this hilarious interrogation from the murder it would be great um because i feel really bad that all this comedy is coming from somebody being dead but this cop is just so hilarious and you can't his accent is so strong well and you also i think can, can although there was a murder and that's terrible you can also look at it and know that in this instance justice is being served yeah there's was- no doubt that this is the right guy. Yeah, oh yeah, he, he got found guilty. Yeah, he definitely did it. Well, he actually pled guilty. He did, he pled guilty. He finally, yeah. I guess, was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They say he cracked and admitted to everything, but you can't see that part. The, the, they haven't released that footage. Right. So if you watch old Steven getting interviewed, all you'll see is up to the cop just yelling at him. But apparently later on, mm-hmm. days later, he admitted to things. Right. And they never released that footage, and I don't think they ever will, and... He went to law school and like acted as his own lawyer, so he could probably keep it wrapped up in court as long as he needs to so that we never see it. He did. He filed an appeal and went back to court in 2018. Yeah. And he did serve as his own attorney at yeah, that point. Yeah, which is ridiculous. So stupid. And apparently he just kind of made a fool of himself. Yeah. Well, what's the saying? If you, wh- whoever has himself for a lawyer has an idiot for a client. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that kind of also tells you what kind of what kind of person right this is yeah ted bunny tried to pull that shit it it's not mm-hmm. a good it's not a good look no so the next interrogation we were going to talk about is not an underwear pervert but because you're going to quickly find out she is a she she's a she are all underwear perverts men the ones that turn into murderers definitely are hmm. so if there are female underwear perverts as far as i know they don't turn into murderers <laughs> so <laughs> yet Yet. So um, in this case, we do have a woman who's a police officer, though, which makes the whole interrogation much more interesting because it's cops interrogating other cops. Yep. And the murder that they're interrogating her about happened like 25 years ago from when the interrogation is happening. Mm -hmm. At that point, it would have been things that happened in the 80s. And she's pretending like she doesn't remember them. Mm -hmm. But you know that she does because she murdered someone. Right. Um, She, well, first of all, her name's Stephanie. 
Stephanie Lazarus. Mm-hmm. But um, she ends up with the nickname Spazzy Lazzy. Spazzy Lazzy, because she makes a thousand facial expressions a second. <laughs> yes. So her interrogation is fascinating mm-hmm. um, because, like you said, she is a cop. Uh-huh. And she's brought in by other cops to be interrogated, although they don't tell her that she's being interrogated. Yeah, they, they kind of lie to her they about They lie that. to her and tell her that they need her assistance with another case. Mm-hmm. And that was really the only way that they could get her into an interrogation room and have her be disarmed. Uh-huh. Because cops don't have to take their sidearms off otherwise. Yes. But they do when they go into the interrogation room. Yeah, they were, they were, she's so spazzy, Lazzy. <laughs> they were like, we don't want this fucking... woman to shoot us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she apparently had been dating this guy in the 80s mm-hmm. and got psycho crazy in love for him. And he decided he wanted to date somebody else and started dating this other lady. And Spazzy Lazzy took it upon herself to murder this other woman uh-huh. in her home. Like, in her house. Beat her with the butt of a gun and then stabbed her repeatedly, even after she was dead, mm-hmm. left DNA, and 25 years later, got linked to the murder through that DNA. Yeah, but during that 25 years, she'd become a detective working on like art theft cases. Yeah, yeah. As crazy as that is. Mm-hmm. So she actually ranked the officers that were arresting her, which is another crazy part of the whole story, but like... Technically, she ranked them, but not practically, because they were murder police, and she's a detective in she art had, thievery. But she, had, but she had 25 years of right. experience. So there's this weird power thing that's mm-hmm. happening where you don't really know who's actually in charge, mm-hmm. and they have to pl- kind of play on that, which is right. also fascinating. And although she wasn't an underwear pervert, she was nuts. Oh, yeah. She was absolutely <laughs> like crazy. Certifiable nuts. And yeah. so she starts answering some of their questions about, like, where were you, or how did you know this person, and... Tell us about your relationship with this man, the guy that she had been dating. Mm-hmm. And it just morphs into these, like, her making the craziest, most spastic faces as she pretends to remember mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> exactly. circumstances and names and events. She looks pain and she sounds pain. She'd be like, ooh, uh, yeah, I don't know if I remember that. And you're like, God, she sounds like she was having a baby during the whole yeah, entire process. She looks like a two in her face. And it's really hilarious because she spazzes out so hard and they ask her about people that she you know she knows Mm -hmm. but she pretends not to know them which is really funny and do this like fake thinking and be like i I guess i could have seen that yeah i suppose maybe it was on a flyer (laughs) she says things were on a flyer a lot yeah and she says she has to check her pictures a lot yeah she tells them she tells them she's got ten thousand photographs hoarded somewhere and that Mm -hmm. she really can only remember things if she can look at her photos yeah yeah, let me check my pictures and then maybe I, I'll remember. I, you know, I'd have to I'd have to check my photos. I don't I don't eek, ooh, <laughs> it's eek. it's kind of painful to watch because you know that they know that she's lying mm-hmm. and but they can't say anything. It's another mm-hmm. one of those things where it's this 3D chess that's being mentally played. That's just immensely fascinating to watch. And it's all real. They know she's lying. She knows she's lying. But no one's just going to come out and say it. Yeah. Until they get to a point where it's appropriate. She keeps going, what's this about? And yeah, she, they sidestep that every time yeah, by she's saying. She's all like, so, so what, so what, 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 what is, what is this? What is this about? And they would every single time go, well, we brought you in here because we didn't want, you know, people in the office to be talking. And we wanted to talk to you about this case. And we thought if we came into this room, then nobody would see. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, well, I appreciate that. They completely didn't answer her question, no. but that's the whole point. Of course not. 
And they managed to play her along like that until basically she starts asking to lawyer up. And at that point, you know she did it. Yeah. And, and she knows she's caught. Yeah. And she did get caught. And she did. The DNA linked her to it because uh, she bit the body at some point, I guess, after it was dead. Or They say uh, through the autopsy, they were able to determine that she did bite the woman's body after the woman was dead. Like this was a very vicious personal killing. And then she left her DNA mm -hmm. and managed to be a cop for 25 years. That's so crazy. Yeah. So that's one you can watch on YouTube that's also immensely fascinating. It's a little shorter than some of the other ones too, but the camera angle's rough. They they had to like squeeze a camera down. You're looking just straight up at her face in the most unflattering angle. They had to hide the camera in a bag mm -hmm. and place that bag on the table in the room. Yeah, so sh so you have this weird, like, the unflattering from below <laughs> angle while she's making that all angle these faces. that you, like, when you're using your phone and you accidentally flip the camera <laughs> yeah. around and you catch yourself, uh -huh. and you're like, ugh. Yeah, it's so unflattering. And when she's making a thousand faces... That's the angle. That's you all see you it see from. is her face. You can't see anything else. It's no. pretty crazy. It's a mm -hmm. it's a crazy one to watch, and it's available on YouTube. And then we have some honorable mentions on our list for police interrogations that are just fascinating and crazy and just different. Not necessarily underwear perverts. Yeah, these are not necessarily underwear perverts, but they are fascinating. Um, a couple of them, actually, the first two I'm going to mention don't actually involve like there's there's interrogation, but then there's also phone calls from them in prison mm -hmm. that have been released to the public that get supplemented with the interrogation to add up to them being guilty as shit. And in that category, we have somebody named Dahlia DiPolito. She is a funny one because she tried to hire a hitman to kill her husband. She's this like teeny tiny <laughs> yeah. little lady. With a lisp. With a lisp. Uh-huh. And uh, very pretty, though. And wasn't she on some kind of reality yeah. TV show yep. at some point? She, she was... Tiny little girl, very pretty, very much like a reality TV. She was an escort. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she hired somebody to kill her husband so that she could get his house, basically. And the police intervened in uh -huh. this hiring, little to you know, her knowledge. Uh -huh. They go tell her husband, hey, uh -huh. <laughs> your crazy little wife over here is trying to have you killed. And then on the television show Cops, believe it or not, there this was in Florida, the television show Cops, they show her coming to the scene where they faked the murder and she's mm -hmm. overreacting to the murder that didn't happen. Yeah, she starts screaming before they even tell her that uh -huh. he's been murdered, which, by the way, he wasn't. This was all staged. It was all staged by the sh television show Cops. Mm -hmm. So there's that part to this one. And there's phone calls from her to her husband trying to beg him for for help. And he's like, Dolly, I can't help you. You're fucking, you tried to murder me. <laughs> you crazy lady. Yeah, it, that, one's, that one's fascinating. And there's a lot of media to go with it. So it's a great one to get into. Her name was Dahlia DiPolito. And she's, she's doing time for that one. Uh, the Casey Anthony case was a huge case. And a lot of her case was... Uh, phone calls that she made to like her family or mom and stuff and she's yeah. being a total bitch yep, which yeah. is really crazy considering she's in jail for murdering her kid right and she's being a bitch to everyone which but is mind-boggling shows you how selfish she really was yeah then there was a guy in oklahoma named uh daniel holtzclaw who was a police officer that had sexually assaulted a bunch of women while he was working or whatever pulled him over and assaulted them and he's being interrogated and there this one i just have to mention this moment because it's one of the funniest moments in any interrogation because they're trying to get chummy with with holes call and they're also trying to get him to realize that like talking about sexual things isn't so bad yeah you can you can be 
comfortable here and talk mm-hmm. about whatever you're into. So they're talking, and he she he signs something, and the lady cop notices that that uh, he's left handed. She's like, "Oh, you're left handed, you know, blah blah blah." I think that's so cool. And there's only a few people on the force left handed. She's just bullshitting with him, and then out of nowhere, the male cop just goes, "I masturbate right handed." And then the girl looks at him and she laughs and she goes, oh, that's so funny. I don't know. Which hand do I use? Ha 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 ha. Like trying to chum it up with him. But you have a moment in interrogation where the, where the strategy from the police officer was to say the words, I masturbate right handed. And that was a strategy. Yeah. It was to, to relieve tension mm-hmm. <laughs> and also to kind of create a rapport where perhaps yeah. this guy would be comfortable. Talking about sexual type things. Yeah. But- Wow, it's like Bizarro World. I just never would have thought a good strategy would to say which hand you masturbate with in a police interrogation. But that's what we have in the Holtz Claw case. And then there's Chris Watts. He murdered his whole family, which is rough. Um, and he did an interrogation where he sounds like the biggest dummy in the world. And he's just a big idiot. And he went to jail because he killed his whole family. Yeah, his interrogation isn't really funny. But it is fascinating because you're like, how can somebody be so stupid? He's really stupid. Like, the, that, all you get out of it is that he's really dumb. And how did he even get... How did he How did he get away with it at all? Uh, right. Because he's so stupid. He clearly didn't plan or think about any of it. No. And uh, he just comes off like the biggest idiot. And so that one's that one's interesting because of that, because of how stupid he really is. And he hooks himself up to a lie detector and fails the shit out of it. Yeah. Just to tell you how dumb he is. He thought he could pass it. Yeah. So he's in jail for now, hopefully for the rest of his life. And those were just some funny um, or interesting honorable mentions of weird people you can see being interrogated by police on YouTube. Um, they aren't all underwear perverts, but a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't often talk about underwear perverts, but we do sometimes. And if you want to see if you can find episodes where we mention it <laughs> other times, you can find them on our website. CarolinaSnowflakes.com If you want to get together with other people and talk about the underwear perverts in your life and how they may or may not be affecting you, you can find a Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Snowflakes. And if this whole episode was offensive to you because you are an underwear pervert, but not a murderer... Send me an email and let me know how that's going for you. Carolinasnowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.